Hello and welcome back to the Sports Brief Podcast, Colton Hall. Uh, excited for everybody to join us. Uh, really excited, actually. Um, first of all, we got our co-host, Tristan. How are you doing, big guy? Doing good. It's good to be back. Absolutely. Um, and then also got a special guest, former college football teammate, former college quarterback, Skyler Shear. Thanks again, man, for joining us. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we were uh, we were really trying to get you on for the last couple of weeks, so we're we're really glad we could make it happen. Um, got a full show to talk about tonight. Uh, you know, some things with Drew Locke and the Broncos. Uh, we got you know the really big NFC AFC teams to watch in the playoffs. Marshawn Lynch going back, uh, Beast Mode going back to the Seahawks, and all that. Uh, but the first thing we got to ask you guys to do is subscribe uh, for weekly, really just sporting news, so that way you guys know what's going on. Uh, subscribe so you guys get all the latest hot takes and everything going along with everything that is sports. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's actually kick this thing off right away. I'm going to ha- hand off right to you, quarterback. I'm going to give it to you about this whole Drew Locke thing. I actually wrote down, uh, before we started, I actually had, uh, you mentioned four games. And the four games he started, I hate to take these stats away from you, but just looking at, like I'm doing eye test, being a you know a former defensive end in college, 65% completion percentage, 843 yards, and six touchdowns against only three picks. Now that may not seem like MVP numbers, but for a rookie quarterback that uh, a lot of people, including myself, uh, I would say that weren't really high on him coming out of the draft. That's impressive. What's your what's your been whole? Uh, you're a Bron- he's also a diehard Broncos fan. For those of you that don't know, what what's been your um, reaction to Drew Locke? So uh, kind of like what you said, I was actually kind of disappointed when we took him in uh, the second round. I thought we kind of reached on him. Um, thought he was a system quarterback, um, bad footwork, live arm, uh, kind of just made plays in the spread system in college. Mm-hmm. And um, after Flacco. Um, I was kind of just like, you know, I, I was hoping he was going to come off IR and do something. And uh, I've been surprised. Um, he shut me up the whole this, these last four games. Um, I mean, he's 3-1. and one. The one game he lost against Kansas City. Um, tough team. It snowed. That's his first game. You can't use that as, as an excuse. But uh, yeah. a tough game to go into. Um, like you said, 843 yards, six touchdowns, three interceptions, 89.4 quarterback rating. I just want to throw you some numbers real quick. So I took uh, Rodgers, Manning, Brady, and Breeze. I took all their first four games as, as a starter in the NFL, not the games they came in when he took over for Bledsoe, stuff like that. These are their first four NFL starts. Rodgers was 2-2 two and two as a starter. All right, he threw for 961, six touchdowns, three interceptions, a quarterback rating of 92.1. Wow. Pretty wow. similar to, to Locke, which I yeah. think I draw a lot of comparison between those two players. Manning, 0-4. Don't get let this deceive you. 992 yards, three touchdowns, 11 interceptions, a 53 quarterback rating. Brady, uh-huh. three and one, 820 yards, five touchdowns, zero picks, a 95 quarterback rating. And Drew Brees was 4-0, 608 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, and 88.6 quarterback rating. He falls right in the middle of all those guys. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be good. Um, if we can get a, one more weapon, we got a lot of a lot of money to spend in the offseason, around 68, 68 million coming into the offseason. A lot um, of dough. It's a lot of dough. I think he can do good. Um, he has a lot to clean up in the offseason. Uh, footwork mm-hmm. is still sloppy. Um, I don't think um, being on IR, being hurt, don't think he had a lot of time to work on that. Um, mm-hmm. But when you just see some of the throws he's making, um, off his back foot, rolling out, on the pocket when he should stay in a clean pocket. I mean, it's just phenomenal some of the plays he's making. And uh, like I said, he he shut me up. I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I'm gonna go buy a jersey. Oh wow, uh, Tristan. I know there's been a lot of hullabaloo for a lack of a better term about how you know Drew Locke and the Broncos and everything. Um, and I'm kind of glad he didn't play against the Vikings uh, because I feel like for the especially how their defense is playing and their secondary mainly, I, th- I feel like he would have had a field day as well. Um, I, what, what, I know you've been able to see this. I mean, you've done your research too. You know, what, uh, what's maybe something you've noticed about the Drew Locke and the Broncos right now? Yeah, I watched uh, the last couple games he started. Um, to answer your question, if I think he's a franchise quarterback, obviously for right now the answer for me is no. Um, yep. I think a franchise a franchise player, uh, let alone a quarterback, uh, is someone who is both one of the best athletes on your team and somebody that their team can build their their franchise around for the foreseeable future. Yep. Uh, so in my opinion, no, he's not yet a franchise quarterback, mm-hmm. um, but he has definitely proven that he can be a starter in the NFL, and he's mm-hmm. definitely earned more playing time. And probably, in my opinion, he'll be the starter going into the 2020 season. I don't yep. really think 
there's much question about that, especially if they manage to beat the Raiders. I think it's the Raiders this week, if I'm right, Great. Skyler. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, if, if he manages to go 4-1 and one as a starter, um, all of his wins, I mean, they've came against pretty pretty decent defenses. I mean, the Chargers have a pretty good defensive line. Mm-hmm. They get after the quarterback. Um, the Texans got a pretty solid defense. The Lions defense isn't great, but um, still still a solid unit. Um, his only loss against the Chiefs, and yeah, their defense is playing out of their mind right now. Um, and it was in the snow, like you said, so that's de- that's definitely a, a hard game to prepare for if you're a quarterback. I actually played a little scout team quarterback in high school, so uh, I got to practice in the snow a bit, and it's a whole other ball game. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that Locke's been doing that's been impressive. Some stuff that I pulled up. Um, He's the first Broncos rookie quarterback to win his first two starts since John Elway. Um, in the game against the Texans, Drew Locke became the first rookie in the Super Bowl era to pass for 300 yards and three touchdowns in his first career road start. Mm-hmm. And he has a chance to become just the third quarterback in the Broncos history to win four of his first five career starts, which neither John Elway nor Peyton Manning could do. So he's definitely in good company with history and, you know, the history, the, st- the st- statistics that you brought up, excuse me. Um, and then I'll, I read something that his teammates say about him. His teammates say that he brings some uh, enthusiasm and a swagger with him that hasn't really been around the Broncos locker room at the quarterback position for a while, especially, you know, the first part of this season with Flacco and whatever else you had. But, yeah, definitely, if, if he can manage to beat the Raiders this week, and finish the season four and one, and they they definitely like you said they have a ton of money to build it build around him if that is what they choose to do. Um, starting the twenty twenty season, I think the Broncos with the defense they have, they'll definitely be scary. And I I do think he is the guy for the job. It's just uh, four games; it's a small sample size, and we just gotta look for what he can do with a full season under his belt next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as Von Miller says, uh, the kid's a rock star. He's gonna be a superstar in this league. Yeah, I believe that's, him. That's something coming from a guy like Von Miller, especially, who's played against uh, some of the greats, and with some of the greats for that matter. Um, I actually want to say something. I believe uh, I believe it's too early just because, I mean, we all jumped on the the Baker Mayfield bandwagon right away just because it was something that, looking on it, you know, first first year, I think he broke the what? The most touchdown passes in a, yep. a rookie season. Yeah, so. And, you know, I, I'm looking at it, but I think Peyton Manning also broke the interception record for most interceptions by a rookie quarterback, too. Um, so yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm saying it's too early, but I actually gotta. I want to reiterate on that. Um, when the Vikings played the Broncos at home, and we're down twenty to nothing, I remember thinking, "This is typical Vikings." And but I didn't take into consideration that how well put together that the rest of the Broncos team really is. Let's let, let me throw some facts at you. And, and Skyler, you already know this. The Broncos are playing without probably one of their better de- uh, defensive players in Bradley Chubb. They've obviously got Von Miller. They've got a, they've got a stout defense. And Mike Zimmer even said it after the game. You know, Kirk Cousins was able to come back against one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. So that was absolutely impressive. But if you, I'm telling you, if you put Drew Locke in there uh, from the start, I, I think this is a, even just looking at from the last couple of weeks, the last month, this is a different Broncos team. And I was talking about this with Skyler before the, before, uh, before the show and everything. Let's look at some of the offensive weapons that they have. Noah Fant, you know, just looking, I think he had a hundred yards against the Vikings. He is going to be a hand, um, speedy. Nobody can catch him. He's got good hands. Cortland Sutton shredded the Vikings. I don't need to say anything else. The dude's going to be a hand. Philip Lindsay, Absolutely. I mean, dude's going to rush for a thousand yards this year, you know, and the one thing I've noticed is, especially with talking with Skyler, all these guys are undrafted or most of these guys are a good portion of them. And I'm looking at this. If Drew Locke can have any, just even have just a little bit more help next year, especially along the offensive line and looking at all this defense is already set. It's not rocket science. You don't need to do anything there. Build around this kid and let him do his thing because he is absolute. I think he's going to take the NFL by storm next year. And that goes into my next point. The Broncos are going to be a dangerous team next year. I believe that they're actually going to uh, they're going to make the playoffs next year. I'm even considering saying that they'll be in the top three seeds, and that's pretty blasphemous, especially when you consider the fact that the, the Chiefs. Uh, it, I mean, what the Patriots made it for the eleventh year in a row. But I'm telling you, this Broncos team, even Mike Zimmer said it. 
this team is well put together. They are they've lost what was it like seven games by three points or less. It was crazy. Like this team is literally one possession away from beating multiple teams. It's just the whole quarterback situation figuring that out. Uh, this is this is a really good team, and it's and it's kind of disrespectful when you think about it. That the Broncos are uh, the, them having all this talent and people forgetting about it. It's easy to see why they did, but I really truly believe that the Broncos are going to be a tough team next year. Um, also, you know, the reason I mentioned that uh, Skyler was a college quarterback is because quarterbacks have a different way of seeing things. Um, can you kind of tell me, uh, Skyler, you know, as a quarterback, some of the – like what, what's what maybe surprised you the most about Drew Locke? Because, I mean, you, I know you watch his games. I know you watch everything about him. What, what surprised you the most? Honestly, I think he's very poised. Um, I think he's a, a has a very strong knowledge of the game. Uh, I mean, I've seen him come up to the line on third down. Um, I have four of them written down here in, uh, in each one of the games where he's actually checked. I haven't seen Joe Flacco make a check all year. Um, and another thing that really gets me is play action. Joe Flacco was so slow, had the worst play action fake I could see. All teams had to do was key on Philip Lindsay. And yeah. I feel like he's brought a spark. He is an athlete. He actually has a, He's averaging five yards a carry on, on eight carries, Locke is. So, I mean, he's moving the ball a little bit. He's ran for two big third downs. Um, but my biggest thing with him is I think he's very poised. He stands in the pocket. He makes checks. He makes his pre-snap reads. I think I think he's good. I think the only thing that's hurting him right now is uh, moving out of a clean pocket, and I think his footwork has got awful. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Let's kind of he's my franchise quarterback. I'm, I'm sold. I'm bought in. And uh, kind of like what you said, you go back to week one against the Bears. Von Miller touched the quarterback on his shoulder. 15-yard penalty, six seconds left, moves him into field goal range. They hit the field goal to win. Then yeah. you come down to Jacksonville two weeks later. Same exact thing happens. Minshew gets touched on the back of the neck by Chubb. 15-yard penalty, complete a five-yard out, kick a field goal to win. Then you come down to Indianapolis, Von Miller, another personal foul. Field goal to win. You know, and I was, I was, I knew, I felt like the Broncos game would be a perfect trap game for the Vikings. And Tristan actually said it on air that the the Broncos would beat the Vikings. And I'm so glad that didn't happen. You guys really don't know how hard I was praying at halftime. Yeah, damn uh, close. He was real close, and I was. I remember thinking, you know, uh, why? How? How does this happen? Because usually a team like the last year was the Bills were actually a good team, but I was like, the Broncos are not that great. Well, then I went back and looked at it, and I, I listened to Mike Zimmer, I listened to some of the teams. I looked, I looked at some of those things. I'm like, this team, you know, it's really easy. That's how it goes sometimes in the NFL. One play can literally derail an entire game, or in the, for that matter, that those tank games. Those derailed games can turn into a derailed season. So looking at this, like I said, I, I was. I'm really excited about the Broncos and Andrew Locke. I'm I'm a huge underdog guy, so I, I expect uh, I expect him to have a really good next uh, really good year next year. Um, looking at this, uh, the playoffs this year are actually shaping up to be really competitive, and I'm going to start with the Packers here because God knows we have to. Uh, and looking at especially the way that things are shaping up, it looks like yeah, I mean the pa- the Packers are probably going to have a number one or number two seed, though as it's all shaken out. Um, you know, I, I maybe some teams. Give me, uh, Tristan, give me some teams maybe from the NFC and the AFC that you're really thinking uh, could really blow the playoffs wide open. Yeah, um, I'll start with the NFC, and I'm not picking them because I'm biased. I'm picking the Packers, and the reason I'm picking the Packers, you got to look at what they just did to the Vikings in their own house. Like Rodgers even had a bad game on his terms. He, yep. I don't know, he had the hundred, two hundred something yards, two hundred three or four, and one pick, yeah. and yeah. I mean, it wasn't a good game, but yeah. uh, offense and defense, when it really mattered, when it came down to like controlling the clock, Aaron Rodgers was a freaking technician when it came to game management and, you know, checking plays at the line of scrimmage, giving Aaron Jones the ball, doing what they needed to do. They they did a heck of a job the second half of that game to get, uh, I don't know how many points they scored the second half, 20, and the mm-hmm. Vikings didn't score any, if nope. I'm right. Not a single but one. You got to... You know, Aaron Jones is starting to take his game to another level. And whenever Jamal Williams gets the ball, he looks great, too. He runs over people for at least five or seven yards every time he touches the ball, mm-hmm. almost. And the defense, I don't even know what to say about them. They're looking like the defense we saw week one and two now. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, think that wasn't the, very hard, especially considering how the Vikings played. That was Yeah, true. Hard. The Vikings don't have an offensive line. But I think the Packers' defense is 
it's deceptively good. Um, I don't know. The pass rush with Zedaria Smith and Preston Smith. Zedaria Smith was an absolute monster against the Vikings. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I think as soon as when Green Bay gets into the, I mean, they're into the playoffs. If they can lock up the number one or two seed and have home playoff games and make everybody come play on the frozen tundra, mm-hmm. I feel like that's going to be huge. Aaron Rodgers loves playing in the cold. I don't really know much other quarterbacks that enjoy playing in the cold. Yeah. But I just think if the, when the Packers start playing in the postseason, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, the whole team is starting to play a little bit better now that it's the end of the season. And all they got to do to get the number one seed is beat Detroit this week, which should be a pretty easy task. But Seattle, uh, I think Seattle has to beat San Francisco in order which for Green Bay to get the number tough. one seed. Correct. Which would be tough. So Green Bay is probably looking at the number two seed, realistically. But, you know, either way, that's home playoff games. If they get a home playoff game, I'm going to go to it for sure. No, oh, yeah. And, uh, but. Yeah, I want to make a quick point about that game, that, that Packers Minnesota game. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, I'm a big Aaron Rodgers guy. I like him. I like you guys' defense. Uh, like you said, Smith is an absolute savage. I think he's wonderful. But you take Kendricks and Anthony Barr out of almost the entire second half. You don't have the arguably the best running back in the league. If you would have had the two star linebackers in from Minnesota, I don't think Aaron Jones would have ran for 154 yards. I think if Adam Thielen would have been healthy, um, you could just see he's not he's not as hundred percent. And if they had Dalvin Cook, I think it would have been a completely closer game. Um, but you made some good points on him. You can't ever care, count Aaron Rodgers out. And like you said, if they do get some home field um, and it's cold, they're going to win the games. But mm-hmm. I just think if Minnesota could have been healthier, um, Kendrick's leaving the game at halftime was a big was a big shutout for that. It was a close game at half. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. If they would have had Barr and Kendricks the whole game and De- Dalvin Cook, I mean, they didn't even have uh, what's your backup running back's name that was out, too? Alexander Madison, who's actually having a yeah. really good year. So Yeah, Madison was out, so it was just Boone and C.J. Ham, right? And, yeah. they ended yeah. up, and, and they ended up benching Ham, who right away the fantasy owners were like, hey, I'm going to pick this guy up. They ended up benching him, and they actually relied on Amir Abdullah. I mean, if you can rely on him, let's see what <laughs> – yeah, I don't know what you're gonna do. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I I'm. I'm glad somebody else is coming to the rescue of the Vikings here. But I, uh, I have cried more with the Vikings than I have girls. So at this point, I'm just kind of. Uh, I'm done with the whole uh, excuses thing for them. I know Barn Kendricks and everything, but in the NFL, at some point, I mean, we have three college football players sitting right here. At yep, some yep. point, the next man's the next man up mentality has to happen. I don't care if, and that's that's something I think even you know Coach Carr said with us, Skyler, and that I'm pretty sure that's what your coach said. I'm at, um, I'm at Marty. Excuse me. There is absolutely no excuse for the way the Vikings played. I'm, uh, that's the only way I'm going to say about it. It was Mount Marty, right? Tristan, I said it, it was Mount Marty. Oh no, way. University of Mary. It was University of Mary. Mary. I apologize. Mary. Yeah. Um, so no, I'm looking at this, and this is the next man up mentality. I apologize. And there's absolutely no way that you can ever uh, make an excuse. And yes, uh, when you want to tell me, you know, that Delvin Cook is out, I, I realize that's that's the whole Minnesota Viking uh, persona. And one player is, we're going to run the ball down your throat and there's nothing you're going to do to stop it. But the way that the entire team played in the second half, they just, they accepted it. They accepted that outcome. And I was looking, I just... Uh, no, not a great game. I hope they bounce back, uh, but we'll have to see what happens. Sorry to interrupt you, Tristan. Um, please continue with uh, teams to watch in the AFC and the NFC. Oh, shoot. Let's go to the AFC now. Um, yeah. The AFC, a team to watch for me is the Tennessee Titans. Um, I picked the Tennessee Titans because they're kind of creeping their way into that number six seed. They don't have it locked up yet. They need to beat Houston this week, which will be a tough task. And mm-hmm. I think if they don't beat Houston, they need someone. I think they need the Steelers to lose or something like that. But the Titans have all the potential in the world to eliminate a couple teams in the playoffs if they manage to lock up that number six seed. Um, that offense, ever since Ryan Tannehill took over, that offense has just, like, caught fire. Like, all of a sudden they have this absurd passing game, and Ryan Tannehill looks like a completely different quarterback than he's ever been. And, you know, just – I got some Tannehill's stats ever since he joined the Titans. 71% completion percentage. He's got 2,600 yards. Uh, I'm not sure how many games he started, but he's got 20 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a 116.5 rating. So mm-hmm. it's pretty dang good if you're talking about Ryan Tannehill because before this, everybody really 
I don't think anybody really thought Ryan Tannehill was very good when he played for the Dolphins, but I always <laughs> thought he was something. And I think probably one of the podcasts before the season started, I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but I said it to my friend who's a Titans fan. I said, uh, as soon as Mariota gets hurt, his career, his career in Tennessee is over. I think Tannehill, Tannehill can throw the ball so much better than Marcus Mariota. As soon as Tannehill takes over, it's Tannehill time in Tennessee. You'll see. And sure enough, um, he's taken over. And you got to give credit to the running backs. They got a one of the top probably four or five backs in the league in Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's having an outstanding year. Um, Deion Lewis, very good pass catching back. They got some stud wide receivers. They got A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, and Adam Humphreys, I think. Um, their offensive line is solid. And they're starting to put a lot of pieces together. Every single game they play, they're looking better and better. And they almost, I thought they were going to beat the Saints this last week. Um, they were putting points up on them in the first half like it was nothing. But um, they got outcoached there in the second half. And that, their offense didn't really manage to do much. But uh, their defense is ranked number four in the NFL. Um, I think that's a defense that nobody really talks about. I think it's really overlooked. Um, they only allow 16.9 points per game and they're in the top 10 in yards allowed sacks and third down defense so um if the titans make it into the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised to see them make a run at the afc championship game well and <clears throat> it's funny you mentioned that i was looking at them they are absolutely they've hit a fire uh Tannehill has definitely uh, I, he's done something with that team that has absolutely been great to watch skyler uh why don't you give me a couple of nfc and afc teams that you think are going to be really uh really shoe-ins or people that might are teams that might shock some people um i'm actually gonna go with uh seattle and the nfc um i picked them before uh beast mode came back um mm. i think we've all seen Russell Wilson has that it factor in the playoffs, um, yeah. except that one play um, that's on the coaches. Yep. Um, I just think they're really good. They're playing hurt on defense. They're saying they're going to be healthy coming into the to the playoffs. Um, I really got them, and uh, them in New Orleans, I think, is going to be one of those two teams are going to take it. Yeah. But uh, if anyone's going to creep up, I think Seattle. I think a lot of people are counting them out. Um they're 24th in rushing in the NFL right now. Um, mm-hmm. They've had major injuries in the, the backfield. I think signing Marshawn Lynch, um, I like him. I'm a big fan of it. Um, am I sold on it? Not 100%. We'll get into that later. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I, th- I think it's going to be a good thing for them. I think they're going to go ahead and uh, make a run if, they can, if, if New Orleans doesn't smack them. Mm-hmm. Um, the AFC, I love every single point you said about Tennessee. Um, in my opinion, if Derrick Henry plays, they beat New Orleans, who I have as my number one team in the, the NFC. Um, don't sleep on Mahomes, but uh, that's who I got sneaking up. I think they can be dangerous right now. If LaShawn McCoy gets going and this defense keeps playing the way that they're playing, um, watch out, Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> uh, the NFC is... Uh... And some there's at least I would say four really good teams that could anybody at any at any really one of them could take it. Um, the Vikings uh, sadly put themselves out of that conversation after this last game. But I'm looking at this from you know there's you have the 49ers, you have the Green Bay Packers, you have the Seahawks, and you have the Saints. And the way I see it is offense wins games, defense wins championships. And when I'm looking at all this, boys. Have we forgot about maybe possibly one of the hottest teams in the NFL other than the Ravens? That's not even close to the Ravens. I understand that. The Saints right now are playing some great football. And when yes. you consider the fact that Teddy Bridgewater played, what was it, four games through nine touchdowns, two picks, and came in for a, a Drew Brees, who, by the way, missed five games and still threw just as many touchdown passes as Kirk Cousins, who was supposed to be in the Pro Bowl, according to myself. This guy has absolutely come out and, I mean, only missed five games. He's... If there was any doubt that he is an elite quarterback, or, or not, excuse me, not that elite, uh, if there was any doubt that he was going to come back uh, this season and be the same player he was after that injury, there it's gone right now. It is gone because of how well he has played down the stretch. Michael Thomas already broken the receiving record. Absolutely amazing. Um, and he did it in 15 games. He's still got another game if he wants it. Um, look at this. I think people forget just because of the fact that Alvin Kamara hasn't exactly taken care of business this year. It's not all on him. 
they've they've got some scary running backs. Latavius Murray and Alvin Kamara uh, are a scary running game that people count out. Drew Brees is a future Hall of Famer. Their defense is stepping up. Cameron Jordan is like 33 and still getting 14 and a half sacks a year. He just signed in Janoris Jenkins. Yeah. This team, I don't think people a lot of a lot of people realize how uh I would say that they are one of the hottest teams in the NFL other than the Ravens. The Ravens are their whole all separate thing. But the Saints are one of the toughest teams in the entire league, let alone the NFC. Um, and then look at that. Obviously, I just mentioned it. You got the Green Bay Packers. You got the 49ers. But let's look at it. The Green Bay Packers have had uh, they had a great defensive performance against the Vikings. They've uh, they went to play the 49ers. Things didn't go exactly according to plan there. Um, but then, but also look at the 49ers in that way too, because their defense the last couple weeks has taken a step back. They've uh, you know taken an L here and there. And I, I just think that uh, just because they beat Drew Brees one time, I'm not. T- I'm not counting counting out the Saints. I, I believe that Drew Brees is going to go get number two. I think he's going to take down whatever whoever it is in the AFC just because of, uh, you know, he he just he has. I have that feeling. Like the way you watch him, the way he plays, um, it's going to happen. And then the AFC boys, the Patriots last what last couple years about six Super Bowls for Mr. Brady. I realize that this whole thing about them cheating may it may actually have some validity to it. It may actually be factual. But let's not forget, despite uh, you know the saying you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying. This team, uh, the eleven straight uh, playoff appearances, six Super Bowl rings, that I'm not counting them out. I stopped counting them out when Mr. Brady came back from down twenty eight to three at halftime against the Atlanta Falcons a couple years ago. At that moment, I never, I'll never, I don't think I'll ever admit he's the GOAT, but I will give him the fact that I will never doubt that man out ever again. And I've said this on the podcast. I is it Belichick plans differently when he's in the playoffs. Like he shuts people down in the playoffs. I feel like he's gonna somehow I don't know how. I'm not a I'm not a fortune teller like Tristan. But I, I know that looking at this, there is the I, I feel like the Patriots are gonna come out and they are going to find a way to take care of business. And I think the Patriots are gonna be in the Super Bowl again. If there's anyone that can stop Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, I think Bill Belichick's the one that's going to do it. Yep. Yeah, you look at it. You, you, there's there's certain quarterbacks where they have weaknesses, and you can game plan for their weaknesses, or you have to make their strengths their weaknesses. And mm-hmm. I've really thought really hard about it, and I don't know how mm-hmm. Bill Belichick could possibly stop Baltimore's offense. I don't know. So yeah. if he can do it, I will have more respect for him than I've ever had probably yeah. for anybody including Aaron Rodgers but if I don't know I don't I, I can't foresee any way you can stop Baltimore's offense if you can stop Lamar Jackson running he's proven to you that he can throw the ball now yeah so it's only and they ha- they can run the ball um they That's got running Mark, the entire I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure how hurt Mark Ingram is I think uh-huh. he just had like a calf strain or something yeah. I yeah. Don't, but yeah, he'll be back for the playoffs for sure. I mean, none of them are playing this next week, anyways, so they'll be well rested. You know, it actually kind of worries me going because they're they're about to have two weeks off, not playing mm-hmm. football, and all these teams are going to be playing football this this next week and the week after. Team, some teams really take a crap after they get bye weeks, like Green Bay did against San Francisco. So I think if Baltimore do, does lose, it'll be in the divisional round their first game back because mm-hmm. they haven't been playing football the last couple weeks, but. You know, just just looking at it from a game planning perspective, I really don't see any way you can stop Baltimore's offense um, next year. I think teams will have more success against it. I don't really think this year anybody's figured it out quite yet. Uh-huh. I just want to say that if the Patriots win, it's not because of uh, Tom Brady. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the 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 Patriots defense is one that you just. I mean, what a couple weeks ago they were like just demolishing everybody. So best secondary in the league. Yeah. Absolutely, and I'm looking at this. I'm not saying that I, I believe Tom Brady's still a good quarterback uh, by the the unit measurement in the NFL. I just don't think he's his normal self yet. Again, he's proven that this year. Um, let's see here. Yep, I have. Obviously, the Ravens are the team to beat in the AFC. We covered that. Um, let's see here. Let's move into the uh, Marshawn Lynch with the uh, Seahawks going back to Seattle. Uh, kind of a happy little reunion if you will i'm ecstatic uh because i i think he was an uh, i think he was a free agent when this whole thing went down and uh you know obviously it was absolutely some to see because uh, the seahawks didn't really have any like cj precise at, in the backfield who and uh you know they were they needed somebody to come in and i'm really glad that it's marshawn lynch um tristan can you please tell me what your opinion of uh, mr lynch going back to seattle 
Yeah, I like it. I think it's a smart move on Seattle's part and part of Pete Carroll because this is a guy who he knows the system. He knows what he's getting himself into. It's stuff that he knows already, most likely. Um, mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think all Seattle had left um, before signing Lynch was a six-round draft pick, Travis mm-hmm. Homer, who has really barely played much of the season anyways. So in my opinion, having having Mar- Marshawn Lynch back doesn't really increase any pr- productivity that they previously had with Carson or Penny on the ground. But I think they just needed a veteran presence in the backfield. You know, somebody who's tough, somebody who's durable, somebody who knows Pete Carroll's offense, somebody who's familiar with the system. Um, you know, they could have went and got C.J. Anderson. That's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah, um, yeah. C.J. Anderson, I was really surprised he hasn't landed on a team. But uh, Marshawn, made, it makes a whole lot of sense for Seattle. And mm-hmm. he's even said he has unfinished business in Seattle. And we know what that is, the one-yard pass. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, a, a I don't reunion, think you need to be reminded. <laughs> no, a reunion with Marshawn Lynch in Seattle was the much cooler option and probably a bit cheaper than CJ Anderson as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was a smart move by Seattle because it's going to lift a lot of the weight off of Russell Wilson's shoulders and give them a solid, reliable workhorse running back. Um, yeah, I don't really see any problem with it. I assume he signed for super cheap. Uh, I don't really know the details yet. I don't know if you guys know him, but I haven't really looked. One but, year, sixty-three. One year deal. It's like sixty-three thousand dollars a week, which is more than I'll make in three years. But it's what. Yeah, that's 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 pretty <laughs> cheap. But uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. Um, somebody who knows their way around the offense. Um, and if he's got a little fire left in him, I wouldn't be surprised to see him just go on a go on a tear and just rush for a hundred yards a game. But I doubt that's going to happen based off of the way he played as of late. But uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. It was a good pickup for sure. Mm-hmm. Mr. Shear, uh, what do you think about this whole thing? Um, I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Marshawn Lynch. I, I really wanted to see him do well in Oakland, and I'm saying that as a Denver Broncos fan, uh, just because he's from Oakland, you know. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to do okay. I'm not 100% sold on it yet, but like I said, I like the move. Um, I like the unfinished business. He's always had a chip on his shoulder. Um, like you said, he knows the scheme. It came down to him and C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson is a zone. He likes to run behind in his own scheme. Seattle doesn't run his own scheme. They run power football. They love running inside the tackles. Mm-hmm. Power, ISO, they love it. Um, I actually think that uh, it's going to come down to them in New Orleans, and I think he's going to have a big say in it. Because if he, if they can, if, they, if Russell Wilson can keep that offense, you know, on their toes. Um, with that running game pounding them down the middle, I think it's going to open uh, Metcalf wide open. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this. Um, I, I had a little saying here that I wrote down and underlined because I, I have to remember it. My memory is getting bad. I'm getting old. Um, I, I'm, in this whole thing, I said that Marsh, I don't think Martin, Sean Lynch will do much necessarily when you look at his stats and expect 150 yards a game. I don't think he'll do much, but I think he'll do enough. And by that, I mean this. The Seahawks needed somebody. You know, I understood. You know, Rashad Penny was a good running back. You know, a guy those they had probably arguably the, one of the best running uh, back duos in the entire NFL. So to lose Rashad Penny right away was huge because if you lose one of you know, it's like Batman losing Robin. All of a sudden, it's just Batman doing all the work. Okay, and you know, Chris Carson is is has over twelve hundred yards this year. So when the Seahawks lost Rashad Penny. All of a sudden, Mr. Carson is forced to be able to carry the load. He runs the football. He can catch the football. He can pass block. And now all the pressure is on him. So now that Seattle loses Mr. Carson, all of a sudden, they're without possibly one of their biggest offensive identities in the fact that, let's look back at the Vikings game. They brought in six offensive linemen and ran the ball right down the Vikings' throats. The Vikings didn't have a stop for it the entire game. That is exactly what the Seahawks did the entire game. They, They just, Vikings couldn't stop it. And now you take out both of their starting running backs and you try to put in a 33-year-old Marshawn Lynch. I believe that's old, yes. I just think that he's going to do just enough. And I, I just I, the Seahawks are going to be a tough team no matter how you slice it. But my question is, is when it comes down to it, uh, you know, who, who are the Seahawks going to go more along the lines with? And, you know, in that it's either going to be Marshawn Lynch um, or Russell Wilson. I think they're going to go with Russell Wilson because he's the obvious choice. He's the franchise quarterback, a guy that is 
has proven time and time again to be able to be amazing in the playoffs. So the question is how much Marshawn Lynch will do, not what he'll do. I think he'll, I think he'll definitely uh, do a good job for uh, coming back, and I think he's. I, I'm excited. I'm unfinished business. Um, let's see here. Uh, NBA news. Yeah, let's get into that. That should be pretty fun. Let's. Uh, I actually the first question I want to bring up here in the NBA is because. As a Lakers fan, my team is currently uh, 4-0 in the last – or excuse me, 0-4, the other side of the spectrum uh, spectrum there in the last four games. It's been really rough. Uh, you know, I've I've watched the the, uh, Pac- the I've watched the Lakers for the last couple years, and uh, ever since I was in seventh grade, I've been a big Kobe fan, uh, and that's really what sold me in the Lakers was Kobe because it was Kobe. And looking at this, uh, you know, especially how the Lakers have played in years past and most recently, excuse me, they are uh, – they're not good. Like they, they, there seems to be a backbreaking point in the season over the last couple of years. Last year it was LeBron who went down with his with his groin injury. Um, and the question I have is, are the are the Lakers in trouble? I think they are. Um, and the reason I say the Lakers are in trouble is because of the fact that yes, they just lost to the Clippers, who are arguably one of the best teams in the NBA. Um, and they only lost by five. But LeBron James is done. They have Anthony Davis. They're playing better defense. Yes, but. At some point, uh, LeBron James, the, Viking, the the Lakers are going to need LeBron James back. It doesn't matter because he is uh, the heart and soul of that team. I, I looked on the stats today. You know, he's consistently in battle with Anthony Davis for the most points and the most assists and the most rebounds in the team. He's their most important player. So when you lose your most important player at the at this early in the season, and let's not forget, had LeBron James not missed most of the season last year, I believe. Uh, or no, it wasn't. Even, it was like 16 games or whatever it was. Had he not missed 16 games, I believe the the Lakers are going to the playoffs. And looking at this, uh, if he misses any sort of extended period of time, I really don't see how the Lakers are going to be able to come out of this. Like I just, I feel like yes, it's only four games, but me being the panicking Vikings fan, looking at this, it's not good. And they need to find something. Whether it's Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, or whoever it is, needs to step up because LeBron's not going to be there for a while. Uh, so one of you, uh, so uh, Skyler, let's talk about this. I know we talked about it before the show. Uh, what, what's your whole take on the Lakers? Is it is it a lost cause? Is it is it time to pack up the tent? I don't think so. Um, if you look at what Rajon Rondo and Anthony Davis did in New Orleans two years ago, they were one of the best teams in the West. They made a playoff run. You add more weapons to that, they're not going to sink too far in the rankings. I think they're going to sit LeBron a little bit longer than he needs to sit. Um, he's aging. Uh, groin injuries, we all know as we're all athletes, that's something that can linger. Once you tweak that, man, it's just like that in the hamstring. Um, I don't think that they're going to be in trouble. Um, I wouldn't call it that yet. Kyle Kuzma balled on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can get consistent play out of him to replace LeBron and they can have Rajon Rondo come in and run the point as LeBron's been running the point most of the year, um, yeah. I think they're going to be okay. Good defense. They just need to be consistent on offense because I don't think I don't think that Anthony Davis is going to be able to carry it. If they yeah. had DeMarcus Cousins, which Rajon, yes. Rajon Rondo had in New Orleans when he had Anthony Davis and they made that run, I think that would be a different story. But I wouldn't say they're in trouble yet. Uh, Tristan, uh, what, what what are you look, look, looking at this? What are you thinking? Yeah, as you know, I'm not a – I'm not a huge basketball guy until the uh, the NFL is over, and I go follow, I go hop on the Warriors bandwagon for the rest of the season. Um, that's how it usually goes for me. But uh, you're honest. You know, I nothing, appreciate that. <laughs> nothing to watch in Golden, nothing to watch in Golden State this year. If anybody's in trouble, it's the Houston Rockets, because uh, <laughs> they just got their butts kicked by the the Warriors, who are awful. Um, yeah. But yeah, as far as the Lakers. Um, from what I've seen and from what I've read, I don't really think they're in much trouble at all. I mean, they're still in first place in the West at 24-7. and seven. Yeah, they've lost four straight, but I think they're fine. Um, they just need to be better on defense, more efficient on offense with what they have. Um, Rajon Rondo come, uh, playing point guard the way he used to play point guard and get acclimated to that system. But, yeah, they definitely have the pieces in place to snap out of their slump, but they just need to be patient. Uh, they need to be patient with LeBron's injury and getting him back when he's ready to come back. They don't want to push that 
and uh, hurt him, kind of like what happened to KD last year. I think they pushed him back from his injury way too fast. Yep. So you don't you don't want to see that happen with anybody. So yeah, as long as they stay patient and uh, they don't hurt hurt any of their stars in the process, I don't think uh, Lakers fans should be worried at all. Uh-huh. I mean, the West is kind of the. I'm sorry, Colton. The Go West ahead. is kind of how would I say it? The last let's say the last eight years, the West has been so dominant and so thick. Every team's struggling right now. You have Denver, who's my team. They're not playing as good as they are. Jokic is in a, he's in a funk right now. He's still playing very good basketball, but he's in a funk. Our backcourt isn't playing good. The Clippers, they're probably playing the best basketball in the West right now. Houston, as he said, they just got beat by the team I hate the most that isn't even that good this year. Dallas, they have big injuries too. Their best players hurt. Utah, they have a lot of consistent role players. They're going to be who Utah is. OKC, I don't know how, I don't know how they're seven right now. I mean, Chris Paul's playing decent right there. Portland, they're struggling a little bit too, but Carmelo Anthony's playing good. So I would, I, the Lake, I wouldn't, I don't think the Lakers are in trouble. Everybody in the West is struggling right now. It's too early in the NBA season to say anyone's struggling. Uh-huh. Me looking at this, when I say they're struggling or in trouble, I, me looking at is, is that, is it start to teeter towards that? You know, I can understand, you know, three, four games, I understand it. You know, you're just not shooting off from behind the, behind the arc. You're not playing well defensively. Uh, you know, maybe you just you just got to get out of your funk. I understand that. But at some point, uh, I think I was expecting it myself in the fact that uh, it, it's happened over the last couple of years. Uh, just one bad thing happens, all of a sudden the Lakers are just not, they're just like a shell of themselves. I mean, obviously losing your best player last year didn't help anything, but... You know, I, I just, the way I've watched it, you know, they're, they're teetering towards something bad happening. And I hate to say that against my own uh, my own team. But looking at this, you know, it starts out 0-4, but then it, you know, it goes to 1-15. and So the, the, the question is, is that, you know, um, can, I, I want to know if the Lakers can hold down the ship without LeBron. And I don't know if that's, uh, that's not uh, a bash on Anthony Davis or anybody. He's obviously a franchise player, and Anthony Davis is a very good player. Um, and they also got Rajon Rondo, or Rajon Rondo, excuse me. And then you've also uh, just that entire Kyle Kuzma. Uh, that's another question, though. How many points does Kuzma have to put up? Because if you think about it, he's averaging anywhere from that like eleven to seventeen range. He put up twenty five on Christmas Day. I think it was bring like, eighteen to twenty two a game. Eighteen to twenty two. Well, I think that's actually that's what I had him at as what he had to average all season long. Because if you put Kuzma, LeBron, and Anthony Davis out. Uh, those three averaging anywhere from well, Kuzma is probably going to be on the lower end of that because I mean it's Anthony Davis and LeBron James. They're going to get the ball ninety five percent of the time. So when you when you uh, when you put that into consideration and you say that okay, Kyle Kuzma is not going to get the ball as much. I think he if he scores sixteen points a game, I think the Lakers can get back on track here. Um, Dwight Howard. I mean, I'm so ecstatic that he's been able to come uh, the way he's come back to the LA. Like, it's just, it's such a great thing to see. Like, I didn't know. I thought he was going to average like two points and set, like two points and three rebounds a game. Like, I didn't know he was going to have this much of an impact. He's he's playing really well. He is. Uh, and I just think that, you know, the Lakers, that maybe they're not necessarily in trouble yet, but it's a question you have to ask, you know, 0 and 4 skid. Is this something that uh, could lead to something bigger? I do think it is, but I could be wrong. Something that happens to, you know, be decided in the future. Um, Let's see here. Uh, oh, we have to answer, answer this. Race for the MVP. There is at least – I have five players here that I believe could all be uh, in the MVP conversation. Um, Skyler, what do you think as far as the uh, the MVP conversation? Who, who – season ends today. Uh, you have to know who, who's your MVP. Who are you picking? Um, putting away my feelings and being a, a big-time LeBron James fan. Um I'm gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say the Greek freak up in Milwaukee, man. I mean, averaging 30, 30.5 points a game, 5.7 assists a game, 12.9 rebounds, uh, one and a half steals a game, and 1.2 blocks a game. Um, I understand they just got smoked on Christmas Day, but me being a big LeBron fan, and I want to say him, even though he's hurt. If the season ended today, it's him. Uh-huh. Uh Me look at this, Tristan. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm right there with him. Um, I did some research, and I think if the season ended today, I think Giannis would be the no-brainer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the numbers and what he's surrounded with, he's not surrounded with as much star power or firepower as these other guys are. Um, so just him being able to carry his team the way he does, I mean, he's only 25 years old. Uh, uh-huh. He's on the verge of I – don't, I, I don't even want to say he's on the verge of it. He's, he's creeping up. Um, to being one of the best players in the world, even if, if he's probably a top three or four player right now. Top three. Yeah. Top three, probably. But yeah. 
He's one deep playoff runaway from taking over the league and becoming the best player in the NBA. If they can, if they can do something this year, um, if he can go back to back MVPs, I think he probably will be considered as the best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but at this point in the season, yeah, he's uh, definitely my front runner for MVP. I mm-hmm. like your statement there because here's my thing. <clears throat> he's like Kevin Durant. They're long, tall, and lanky, right? I think he's a better athlete than Durant, hands down. Yeah. I think if he can develop a jump shot that just like Durant kills people with, yep. I don't, th- I don't think that he can be touched in the NBA. No, um, even this year he's shooting a lot better from the arc this year than he ever has. I think he's like 31 percent from the arc. Or yep. But that's I mean, it's, good. it's professional sports. I mean, look at LeBron. He couldn't. He could barely shoot when he came in the league. He was just like a Zion, just an athlete coming in playing off raw talent, mm-hmm. and he developed the jump shot. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, actually, has, Giannis is 33% from beyond the arc, so he's really shooting a lot better. And, and you know, yeah. I did listen to this on Christmas Day. Their coach did say – their coach used to be on San Antonio's um, staff. They did mm-hmm. say that he has leadership mentalities like Tim Duncan. That goes a long way. I think oh, with that being said um, and the type of work ethic – I mean, he's from a foreign country. I don't want to bring – I don't want this to sound wrong. He works a lot harder than a lot of people do that are in the NBA that have been handed stuff to him. I think mm-hmm. that – the sky's the limit for him. I don't think he's going to take a seat back and he's not going to get complacent. I think he's going to grow and become the best player in the league once LeBron's finally done. Yep. You know, I absolutely agree with that. Now, I even I, I gave a lot of love to Giannis last year when they were making that deep playoff run. I really wanted him to be in the finals, um, but it just wasn't in the stars. You know, this team just couldn't hit his three because, I mean, there are threes. And Giannis was one of those. I mean, he's the offense. He's the offense. So, I mean, it all revolves around him and he couldn't get it done in the paint too. But looking at this, if I if I'm looking at uh, if I'm taking everybody LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, Luca, and Harden, if Luca's not injured right now, I believe that Luca is is in that is in that mix. I agree. I believe that Luca, and this is something, I, and the thing about it for me is that fact, the fact that he's so young. Like I know everybody when they think of the Greek freak, they think of this guy that was uh, like each year keeps getting better, keeps doing his thing. You know, uh, and I know Luca's not technically injured right now, but he's not himself. He only played 22 minutes when he averages 32, okay? You give him another 10 minutes, he scores at least 35 to 40 points a game. With everything that Luca's doing at such a young age, I think he really, especially from an efficiency rating and everything, this guy, he deserves some, he deserves some credit. You know, he's, he's a PER of a 31.7. As when Giannis won the MVP last year, 30.9. This is absolutely, like, people don't, are forgetting about this kid that's so young, and it's it's a kind of a travesty, even though, yes, I know Giannis this has a 30, almost a 34 uh, PER, but let's not forget this young kid, Luca. Um, Harden usually gets the ball, you know, like 95% of the time. I mean, he's probably going to be in the conversation uh, for a while. That's just how it goes. But Giannis is the one out of all of this that I would say improves the most every year. Like, you know, coming up in the years, there was years, okay, you know, his first year in the NBA, barely seven points in the game. Then he made the jump to 13, made the jump to 17, 23, 27, uh, 28, 30.5. You can see consistent improvement there. And now he's added a three-point shot into it. Um, Harden has never been uh, a great defensive player. We all know that. Uh, but no. And if you look at it, Luka Doncic, uh, uh, LeBron, Kawhi, they've all been have their defensively. But I take Giannis over Kawhi any day. And that's not me taking a shot at Clyde because he, he he dismantled the Lakers a couple. You know, I mean, he, clutch. I, I'm starting to think that um, Kawhi could be in the conversation for uh, becoming one of the most clutch players to ever play because every time his team has needed him, dude's made a play. So if I'm looking at this right now, I'm picking Giannis as well because um, just everything that you're seeing from this guy right now, um, and that's it, anything can happen. I mean, I think everything is subject to change at this point. Um, but let's also, I want to bring up another tidbit here. Anthony Davis ha- uh, can't throw a rock in the ocean right now, like from three-point range. He's shooting, I believe this is uh, pretty close to a career low. Uh, it's the second technically, uh, no, excuse me, third technically lowest uh, three-point percentage that he's had. He's shooting 29% from the three-point line. His, uh, his second year in the NBA, he shot 22%. And I'm looking at the, the year after that, he shot 8.3%. Like that, not great. So looking at this, I think Anthony Davis is going to start to hit a hot streak. That who, by the way, was it me or was Anthony Davis taking MVP votes away from LeBron James? Like he, I felt like he was legitimately starting to make people question who the best him on the who the best player on the Lakers was, and I think Anthony Davis is starting to do that. So I think it's a, it's a lob up between any of these five guys if you really think about it. So 
Um, that's the way I think about it. Did you want to say something, Scholar? Yeah, I uh, I agree. When the I mean, when the season came out right away, and what did he have? Fifty, uh, forty points and twenty rebounds. That that crazy game. I yep. mean, the first six or seven games, people were saying, "Oh, he LeBron took a step back. He's going to win the MVP. Uh, this is his team now." I mean, like you said about the three the the three point percentage. How much has he had to do with LeBron James? How mm. much did he used to have to do? I think that that might have a play in those numbers sliding down a little bit. But uh, with LeBron out, I think he's going to catch fire and keep going. I mean, because he's, he's got it. He's he has to. Like you know, we, we you just said it with, with with Kuzma having to step up. Rajon Rondo not necessarily being a big time scorer, but he's a facilitator in my opinion. And, and looking at all this, player. yeah, looking at all this, I still feel like uh, I, I I really feel like. He's going to come out and just start to prove to people that, you know, Mr. Davis should have been in this conversation a long time ago. Like, I, I think people forget, you know, uh, when you listen to ESPN or you listen to some of these other shows and you hear these people talk about some of the greatest players in the NBA, Anthony Davis is a game changer. And when he came to the, the Lakers, they were immediate title favorites until, of course, Kawhi did the whole decision thing, which absolutely <laughs> killed my prediction on the podcast. But... I still think that uh, it all runs and through. It all runs obviously through LeBron, but Anthony Davis is going to remind some people. But uh, I, I think this was. Uh, I think the Lakers. It's going to be really interesting to see. Um, oh, by the way, Lakers lost to uh, Denver. That was not. Uh, that was not good. I did not like that. I was kind of shocked that that happened. He, the, the Lakers are in a slump right now. That they, my team, shouldn't have won that game. And being the the Nuggets, um, mm-hmm. they're just in a slump. The Lakers are a better team. Than the Nuggets are. Um, Jamal Murray is not playing the basketball he he was playing last season. We the big money I think is getting to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jokic is not playing what he has to do, but uh, we got lucky that game. And then a point you said before, I don't even think James Harden should ever be in, uh, uh, named in the MVP conversation. There's old really? guys that are 40 or 50 years old shoot making 15, 20 free throws in a row at the YMCA down the street. I'm sorry. <laughs> If, if 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 you're drawing that many fouls and getting to the line like that, yes. I understand it's part of the game, but that is not MVP caliber basketball. That is not taking over a game. That mm-hmm. is manipulating the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's kind of funny because I mean a lot of people consider him, you know, that to be an important part of it. Like Kobe, uh, when I was watching Kobe, Kobe took over a game. Kobe, and I think I, I point this play. I use this play a lot last year, and I think people hate me for this because I use the same play, but. LeBron, excuse me, James Harden had a chance to win the game, I believe, against the Bucs uh, to go up, to finally win a game, to give him a chance. He had a chance to take a shot and hit it. And he was more worried about the foul than he was worried about making the shot. And if you, it's Kobe, Kobe had the mama mentality. I mean, he's going to go out and make the shot and get the foul. It didn't matter. If he's going to make it and get and get the free throw. Yeah. And James Harden was more worried about uh, the, the three free throws coming his way. And you can see it though, with the way, A, he shot, and B, with the way he got up. Like, he didn't even care about the shot. Kobe was following through. Kobe had that that pe- that mentality that wasn't you, – you don't find on, on the street corner everywhere. So uh, I still think that uh, it, it's kind of a, a hidden thing with, with Harden. He's going to score most points and that user-friendly or the point guard-friendly uh, Mike D'Antoni offense. But, I mean, if the guy keeps putting up – 36 to 40 points a game it's of course i mean yeah like you said he's shooting 10 to 20 free throws a game so i guess it's kind of easy to see but i mean there's no de- de- debate as far as kobe and uh kobe kobe went head to head with michael jordan uh-huh. oh yeah oh yeah he never you know stories up. about them on the u.s team going at it in practice together when he was young i yeah. mean Kobe yeah. is not backing down from anybody. He doesn't care if you're first team all defensive NBA, if you're the defensive MVP, uh, defensive player of the year in front of you. He's mm-hmm. going to get to the rim. He's going to hit the shot in your face, and you're going to hear about it. And yeah. honestly, we don't have anybody in the league that's like that right now. We don't have anybody that will step up, hit a shot, get to the rim, and let you know about it consistently like Kobe. When Kobe left the league, we haven't had anybody since. Uh-huh. You say why? About- Kawhi's good. That little shot off the rim bouncing last year that he had up in Toronto, you know, that was a great shot. Uh, He's had multiple, but, you know, I I just miss that fire that you get from somebody like Kobe. Um, We don't have anybody like it, and I want someone to step up like that. I don't know if it'll ever happen again. I hate to say this, me being the gigantic Kobe fan that I am, I missed his 60-point game. I missed his last game he ever played. And, I, I, you know, I watched the highlights like a noob. 
Uh, and I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. Like, I'd missed the entire thing because I got a notification. Kobe's at, like, 35. I'm like, yeah, he'll go with 45. Not a big deal. It's Kobe. You know, he's going to shoot 50 shots and get there. I woke up the next day and saw that the man scored 60, and I missed it? I, there's nothing I can say to the man now. Like, I am sorry, Mr. Mamba. I, I missed that. I felt absolutely awful about the whole thing. Um, but I don't think uh, – I, and maybe this is me being a little bit biased. I'll admit that right off the back here, but – Kobe's 60 is a little bit different than Harden's 60, if you know what I'm saying. Like, it's a well-earned 60. Absolutely. And the thing about uh, Harden is yeah, he gets to the free throw line a lot, but Kobe would dunk on you and just leave that. He would make you question if you wanted to play basketball. Harden uh, does a little bit of shimmy and does a little, you know, hits a uh, fadeaway, which is actually, it's actually it's an impressive shot. But looking at this, Harden uh, is clearly not even close to the same athlete that Kobe is, and it's just not something that I... No, not even close to the same athlete. And I, I just I, – I do miss it too. And I, I still feel guilty about the time I missed his, his last game ever that was possibly one of his greatest in, in the Staples Center. So When you saw the you know, teeth poking out on the bottom and you saw that, you knew Kobe was taking over. The whole yeah. arena was on their feet. Was I wrong when I said I, – I believe that was the last true game that we saw of the real Kobe. Like that was the last time we saw Kobe being himself. Great um, players have to go out with with great performances. They have that's his signature. When you sign when you sign a document at the dealership, you sign your signature. That was him signing his signature in the NBA. Yep. Yes, sir. Um, let's see here, man. We got anything else we want to talk about? I mean, do we have any uh, like bold predictions for the playoffs? Anything? What do you guys got for the for the for the for the bold predictions? Let's see a bold prediction for me. Uh, I'm going to go out and say that the uh, Vikings get 50 in the first round of the playoffs because of uh, everything that went down on Monday night. That's a national embarrassment, and I'm going to say Mike Zimmer gets fired. And I, I, I feel uh, I want to make this abundantly clear. <clears throat> Five years ago, when Mr. Zimmer came to the Minnesota Vikings, the Vikings defense was number 31 overall, and they were all they allowed. It was crazy. Like it was like either seven or ten comeback game-winning drives. He has improved their secondary. He has consistently made them a playoff contending team. But it's the fact that you never have a coach and not a quarterback. You have both at the same time. Bill Belichick uh, and Tom Brady, uh, Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Mike McCarthy and Brad Favre. You have a quarterback and you have a coach that come by. He never got the quarterback right. He never got that. Uh, he never found that uh, the answer for the Vikings quarterback, and that's not all on him. I think there was, you know, once they signed Kirk Cousins, they kind of pigeonholed themselves, and uh, and I, we we all knew what Kirk Cousins was going into this. Um, I hate to say that I love Mike Zimmer so much. It's crazy. Like I I love everything he's done for the Vikings. Their defense is back to where it should be. They're they're they've been a top what fifteen in in un, in. Uh, and in defense since his time getting there. They're the number one defense in 2017, really close to being number one in number 20 in 2016. This, the, the, he's done his job as a, he's a, as a, as the defensive coach, but the quarterback situation, uh, I think it's been what's plagued Minnesota for too long. Um, and now that especially their offensive line is, uh, they need an offensive line, but they've improved much improved from what they were last year. I have to give them props. I've given a lot. I've given uh, Garrett Bradbury a lot of props on the podcast. Um, even guys on free agent signings like you know Josh Klein, um, Pat Alfline. Well, he was kind of not very great on Monday night, but uh, there was still a lot of improvement from the Vikings. Um, so I just think that it's time, uh, and I hate to say that. Oh, I'm I'm dreading the day that that it's going to happen. They're, they're going to fire him. I really hope they don't, but I just have a feeling that that's how this season is going to end. Um, uh, Tristan, you want to give us that prediction about the Packers real quick? Ah, uh, about the Packers. Yes, give me a bold prediction. Shoot. Um, Dig one out, big guy. They're going to get the number one seed. Uh, I think Seattle is going to beat San Francisco mm-hmm. this next week. Um, I think Green Bay is going to beat Detroit. I think they're going to end up with the number one seed. Um, I don't want to make any playoff predictions, uh, but I do think <laughs> they're gonna. I do think they're gonna get the number one seed. I think they'll win a couple playoff games. But uh, and AFC, I think, uh, I think New England's gonna lose its first playoff game. Um, I don't care who they play. I think they're gonna lose. Um, they're struggling against good defenses. They're 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 finding it very difficult to put points up against good defenses. And if they have to see Tennessee's defense. That's a really good defense. If they have to see Kansas City's defense, that's a really good defense. Now, yeah. they have to see Baltimore. Baltimore already spanked him once. I think they could. I think Belichick would plan better the second time around. But then again, it's the second time the uh, the Ravens have seen them too. So I don't think they'll be surprised by anything. Um, I don't really think it matters who they play in the first round. 
even Buffalo. I think they're going to lose in the first round or the divisional round because they're probably going to get a first round bye. But uh, I think they're going to lose to whoever they play against. And I think Tennessee is going to go to the AFC championship game. And uh, I think they're going to lose to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Baltimore will go to the Super Bowl and probably win it regardless of who they play from the NFC. Mm-hmm. Skyler, last uh, minute bold prediction for you, big fella. Um, New England will not lose their first playoff game. Um, <laughs> my bold prediction. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna go right to the. I'm gonna go right to the big game. Um, New Orleans and Baltimore. It's gonna come down to a battle, and Lamar Jackson is gonna win the league MVP, the Super Bowl MVP, and he's gonna bring Baltimore another Super Bowl trophy. Oh, it's wow. gonna come down. It's gonna come down to Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson in the big game. I like it. Uh, yeah, I like that too. Uh, uh, there's so much things that have to play but out now. But New England will win one or two playoff games, and don't be surprised if they don't beat Baltimore. Baltimore is my pick, but I wouldn't be shocked if New England gets back to another damn Super Bowl. Yeah, no kidding. Um, I think that's all we got um, for this week. Um, I got to start by saying, obviously, Skyler, man, it's always been a pleasure. You know, I always appreciate having you on. I always love talking sports with you, man. Uh, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Brucey, I really appreciate it, man. I, I I tune in and listen to all the podcasts. You guys are great. Sorry it's been taking for for uh, work so long to get on, but anytime you guys want it, I'm I'm down. I, no, I love it. Um, absolutely. We really appreciate you, man. Uh, we'll get you see if we can get you a T-shirt as well. Um, uh, you know, complimentary of the Sports Beat podcast for coming on the show. Um, Tristan, you know what, man? Uh, I think with what this is 26, we've signed off now. Uh, they're kind of flying at this point. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I'm getting older. Uh, my eyesight's going and probably balding a little bit too at this point. But uh, no, it's, it's always a pleasure, man. Yeah, it's been fun. I'm starting to get little gray hairs in my beard, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep shaving it so you don't have to see it. But yeah, it's definitely fun. I like having new people on the show too. Keeps yeah. you on your toes, and uh, most of them I think have been fans of different NFL teams, so it's cool to see different perspectives for sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, let's sign this thing off. Uh, remember to, again, subscribe for uh, you know for weekly NFL, uh, MLB, all sporting takes, so that way you guys can uh, get those in and everything. Uh, remember to follow us on all social media. Remember to follow Skylar on all social media platforms. We really deeply appreciate that. And uh, everybody, make sure to take it easy.